Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Friday, the 3rd of March. First up, Jimmy Kimmel destroyed over meltdown and an attack on Aaron Rodgers backfires hilariously. Jimmy Kimmel, one of the biggest uh, sellouts for Big Pharma on the planet, has been in full meltdown mode all week after the recent report uh, from the Department of Energy, one of several agencies that now have essentially decided that, well, <clears throat> the coof was forced upon us and it wasn't like this natural thing or that it leaked out. Uh, and he's not dealing with it very well because he's made his entire, um, he's made his entire personality the coof, even though he's also had it at least once, maybe several times. He's certainly getting big checks from big pharma. Well, he did a uh, bit of a stand-up routine or his opening monologue the other day. I can't really play it uh, because I'm sure he'll claim it, but essentially he poo-poos the findings saying, oh my God, well, geez, all these other people say that it didn't come from there. And, 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 And he actually goes on to like blame Trump. Like, I'm not kidding you. He, he, his monologue, hopefully I can play a small part of this. He actually works Trump into his one minute and 30 second uh, monologue. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, he, 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 like I've never seen somebody suffer from TDS. Probably, well, maybe there's um, a Keith Olbermann might have worse TDS than, uh, than, Kimmel, but like it's either it must be Kimmel's viewers too, to be honest with you, because if they weren't laughing, I assume he wouldn't be doing it. Um, but if I let's see if I can put this up here or not, let's see if it'll let me for whatever reason. I think there's needs to be some somebody told me there was like an AMD update. Of diarrhea. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so he makes this all about Trump. Asian-American sentiment and even violence in this country, and that's why it was irresponsible for the president to call it the China virus. No, it wasn't. Whether you believe it was leaked or you believe it came from their wet market or you believe it came from, I mean, is there any doubt that's where it came from? But Tucker Carlson apparently disagrees. This plague should never have happened. It could have been stopped. But people chose not to stop it. <laughs> what people? Tomorrow he'll blame the Spanish flu on Banderas. Yeah. Imagine if you're a comedian and all of a sudden your cue card has all kinds of talking points from politicians and foreign governments on it. Don't read it. You degrade yourself and you become complicit in the greatest crime in history. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, the idea. <laughs> That this man would accuse, that I would be accused of reading talking points from foreign governments. He does, though. Now, you could have your problems with Tucker Carlson, too, because there's been some suspicions around him. Um, But, you know, ultimately, he's been completely melting down about this because it exposes him as a fraud, just like, you know, his performative mask wearing and all this other kind of stuff. Never forget, though. That this guy who got the coof, right? Who, you know, who has quadruple poked, you know, he's probably got 10 or 12 of them. He once suggested that people who don't have it uh, should not be treated in hospitals. That's what, that's what he said. After noting that Anthony Fauci, 
who ha is now disgraced by uh, in many people's eyes, um, that hospitals should take some tough choices. And, uh, you know, uh, Kimmel says, that's the choice, doesn't seem so tough for me, Kimmel said. Somebody who has the poke is having a heart attack. Yes, come right in. We'll take care of you. Unpoke guy uh, who gobbled horse goo. Rest in peace, Wheezy. Um, we've, you know, and now th these are his words, not mine. I'm not paraphrasing those. That's a direct quote from him from last September or from two Septembers ago. Now we know what we know. I mean, this is the same guy that, you know, didn't call out CNN for uh, purposely yellowing Joe Rogan's face to make him look sicker than he really was. These guys proudly called people who took that pill horse paste, even though it had been consumed by billions of humans and won a Nobel Prize. But they were happy to tell Americans that it was horse paste. Whose talking points were those exactly? You think Jimmy Kimmel came up with those? Jimmy Kimmel came up with those exact same talking points? Of course, Hassan Minaj, uh, who's, I think he's filling in at The Daily Show, also pushing. I mean, you, you know that meme where, like, they have, like, the one person, one news person, then new, the more and more and more, and they're all saying the exact same thing? You could do that with most mainstream uh, news outlets, almost certainly. Now, Benny Johnson tweeted, live studio audience turns on late night corporate comedian Jimmy Kimmel. I uh, watched this clip. It's actually the same clip we just saw. I wouldn't say they turned on him. Um, but the laughter was definitely muted more on the end because people are starting to be able to come out and say things. And we saw Woody Harrelson. Woody, Woody Harrelson? Yeah. Come on and essentially call out the fact that like everybody was fine uh, pushing, you know, just cuddling up to big pharma because they were scared. When liberals used to be anti-corporation, anti-big pharma. Colbert, of course, you know, shove, shove that up your nose and rotate it. It's not over. It's never over. These people need their audience to uh, be in constant fear. Then, on top of that, now he's worried about... <laughs> He's worried about uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's more worried about this meltdown has been inc incredible. He's lashing out at Aaron Rodgers who wants to know who was on the list, you know, that list. So Jimmy Kimmel suggests that Aaron Rodgers was a conspiracy theorist for wanting to know the names of those listed on Mr. Jeffrey's list. Well, it sounds like somebody's probably on that list, doesn't it? That's the type of thing someone who's on the list might be worried about. And of course, we all know why this is. It's because Aaron Rodgers is famously uh, unpoked. He never got it. Um, I think he had the coof once. He was fine. Um, <clears throat> that isn't to say that people, I mean, I've had it twice. Three times? No, twice. And um, it was not fun either time. But also, like, I'm still here. And, you know, I feel like the next time I get it, and I will, uh, it'll be easier. And just like the, you know, just like many things in life. But now he lashes out Aaron Rodgers uh, for wanting to know who's on the list. Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, Kimmel began, segueing out of a bit about a recent slew of flooring objects in American skies, including Green Bay Whack Packer. 
Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Kimmel then pulled up a clip of the QB discussing the recent spat of train derailments and other peculiar disasters that the nation and the nation of the Pat McAfee show on February 14th. Did you hear about the client list is about to be released to Rogers asked the host. There is some files that I has some names on it that might be getting released pretty soon. Nothing to see here. Rogers joked, pointing out that all of the people to have visited the infamous Island, only his wife was ever charged with anything. And that's like one of the best memes ever. Like she got charged with trafficking women to absolutely nobody. <laughs> like not one other person. So who is she trafficking them to? Trafficking them to? Who is taking part in her business? Rogers wasn't the only one targeted by Kimmel this week. The host also took aim at former President Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, for suggesting for suggesting the former was racist, for su- suggesting the coup was the fault of the Chinese government, and labeling the later a Russian asset. I mean, this has been a week-long meltdown. And I got to find this tweet quick. Yeah, this was five, five hours ago. David Bakhtiari, good friend, and uh, one of the best offensive line, linemen in football when he's healthy, uh, retweeted the clip of him, of him uh, getting mad at Aaron, saying, tell me you're on the client list without telling me you're on the client list. Currently has 57,000 likes in just five hours. Oh, and he retweeted Mythinformed. Shout out. Nice retweet from David Bakhtiari. I also love how he throws out concussions like they're a topic to joke about too. Um, it can be a funny thing to joke about in the wild. I remember when Jim Carrey went on the show and, and, and cornered him about it. Um, you know, the, I wonder if he'd been there. He used to like Jimmy. He took a nosediver on the start of the coof and hasn't stopped since. Dang, I usually like Jimmy, but this is something. Not sure why everyone wouldn't want to see the list release, released unless you have something to hide. I mean, that's my quarterback. You know, I hate agreeing with Packers fans, let alone their players, but you're the man, Dave. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, it seems like he's probably on the list, doesn't it? You know, it seems like he, he must think he's on the list or he's worried that someone he knows is on the list. Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered this hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. What he's saying is there's, you wonder if there's something, <laughs> my uh, a guest just came over who Ruby really likes. If you can hear her whining, she's happy, not angry. Um, you know, he's talking about there's all this stuff going on and it's it seems odd to convince, you know, to, to maybe uh, hide the fact or, or distract people. Oh. oh. Might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. Ha ha ha, you have brain damage if you want to see all the... Does is this guy support trafficking? Does Jimmy Kimmel support that? It sure seems like he might. Doesn't? Wouldn't he want to see these people brought to justice? I would assume he did. But the Kimmel meltdown continues as his show's ratings continue to tank, and it couldn't happen to a bigger piece of garbage on the planet. And next up today, Joe Rogan and Russell Brand blast YouTube censorship and reveal special treatments on JRE Podcast. An interesting conversation happened on the Joe Rogan Podcast yesterday. Is about uh, two minutes of it that I wanted to highlight uh, in terms of the Joe Rogan and Russell Brand's treatment by YouTube, in some cases special treatment, which 
is extraordinarily frustrating as a creator who isn't exactly tiny. I get it, but I'm still just like anyone else on this platform. Just, you know, I'm as close to Joe Rogan as, as any creator on this platform. Uh, you know, I'm, the guy's in his own stratosphere, but it still sucks to hear that. And also, it was interesting to hear them call out and give some free promotion to new platform alternatives, in particular, uh, Rumble and others. We all know that um, Russell Brand has an exclusive deal on Rumble, um, and it's just good to see overall, even though some of the information revealed was a little disappointed. So now Rogan says that he had a 25% increase in revenue on videos that were previously demonetized. But after signing the deal with Spotify, YouTube suddenly decided that, oh yeah, I guess these videos are okay for ads to run on now. This is extremely frustrating. I'm gonna start with kind of the, look, I don't blame Joe personally. He probably doesn't even handle this stuff. Unlike most you know, content creators who, you know, we all scream into the void when we need help from YouTube. But it's very interesting. A 25% uh, change in revenue is a life-changing number for a lot of creators. You know, okay, if you're making $10 a month, maybe it doesn't matter. But if you're on the cusp of like um, being able to support yourself, creating content, this, that, and the other thing, it would be everything. You know, we see, you know, in February, I took almost a 50% hit to my revenue. There's a reason I'm pushing memberships. It's not because... Um, you know, I love them, but I have to create more content for members to incentivize people to sign up so that I'm less susceptible to those wild swings one way or another. Even Joe Rogan has to do these type of things. But he talked in, uh, he had mentioned this one other time before on his podcast where suddenly after the Spotify deal was announced, it was uh, remonetized. However, it says Joe Rogan's move from move from Spotify to Spotify from YouTube was economically motivated move in an economically motivated move. One of the biggest deals involving a podcast, Joe Rogan moved his popular show to Spotify in a huge deal and hasn't looked back since then. In a recent episode of his podcast, a 55-year-old hosted stand-up co comedian comedian Russell Brand. The conversation between the two landed them on the topic of how different platforms worked around demonetization to curate their content. The episode saw the JRE host remembering how his revenues went up by 25% when he announced his departure from YouTube. Like, that's extremely frustrating. Essentially what's happening there, and I think what he said in an earlier call was, now maybe it was all of a sudden there was suddenly more market interest in advertising on his videos, but if YouTube demonetizes a video, I can't choose to run ads on it. Like, it doesn't work that way. Uh, many of you have seen my ads on like, you know, on Tim's videos or Daily Wire videos or all these type of things. Uh, Russell Brand hosts a show called Stay Free with Russell Brand. He was of the firm opinion that the information guidelines coming from YouTube are derived from organizations like the WHO. I agree with that. And such made him move away from YouTube to rumble. I am also sure that Russell Brand got a huge check from rumble almost certainly and you know the thing is like russell is still very big on on youtube and his rumble isn't like that awesome 
I mean, it, it, he, he's got a million followers there, but his views still pale in comparison uh, to his YouTube. You know, a day ago, he talks to Tim Pool, which is like Russell Brand and Tim Pool crossover. That's pretty big. And it has 62,000 views. Um, we aren't alone. Brand new footage. This is 100,000 views. 80th. He's still easily one of the largest creators on the platform. Here's when Russell Brand meets Rumble CEO in studio. 300,000 views. Um, you know, so he's, I shouldn't say, he's actually doing pretty good. You have 371,000. Okay, I'm just wrong. He's doing better than I thought. Um, 75,000 views. I mean, it's still a lot less than YouTube, but it's continuing to get better. Okay, so sometimes he gets videos where it's like 50,000 views. But when they pop off, he's still getting a half a million views, and that's awesome to see. That's why, I mean, I have a, you know, a Rumble channel myself, uh, and I'm working on working with, this is still a problem. It still shows users in there, but, you know, I have 100,000 followers there, and, you know, I usually get, here's 2,000 views, 2,000, 1.5,000, but also these are not exclusive to Rumble. So if I was doing exclusive third-party you know, videos, perhaps they might do better, but you know, I can get between two and 3000 views. And these are people that, uh, by the way, I know you're also seeing this. These are people that wouldn't normally see my video on YouTube. That's why I support alt and new tech odyssey, same thing, rumble, same thing, bit shoot, same thing between odyssey, rumble and bit shoot. That's about 5,000 people per video that are seeing my video here on these new tech platforms that wouldn't be seeing it otherwise. And any content creator that continues to ignore that is a fool. You know, I, I, I still wish I knew why people like PewDiePie and other people wouldn't just click. It takes like two clicks. It's not about the money. Here's a video I did that got 5,000 views. It's not about the money. I don't make any money on Rumble. But these are people like with creators. I say this time and time again. If you're a creator watching this video and you don't merge your channel with Rumble, you're, you're just a fool. First of all, if you ever get banned off YouTube, you'll have a, a somewhat of a platform built up there, right? 100,000 followers I have on Rumble and 1% of them watch my videos. But if I got banned off YouTube, all those people, that's why they go, they're like solidarity subscribes. You should be doing this. Plus, these are people that could, like for me, maybe if you're on Rumble, BitChute, or Odyssey, you saw me advertise Coffee Brand Coffee. Or in this video, I talked about Sheath. There are people that you can advertise to. Um, but what I thought was interesting in this clip, Glenn Greenwald posted, Russell Brand was on Joe Rogan's show today and they discussed how YouTube's escalating repression is fueling Rumble's growth. They also discussed the moronic, moronic tactic of corporate media trying to demean any platform they can't control and censor as far right. Controversial, because yeah. we never, st we never yeah. change shit. But they, they do things to get people to self-censor. Of course. And I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm one of the biggest examples of this, right? The Koof, bad guy from WW2, hanging around by the playground. All these things. Um, I have to. It's easy for Joe Rogan, who has a, a $100, $200 million contract, is a huge deal, has people paying to listen to his podcast. Um, you know, if I had, uh, you know, 50,000 people backing me on Subscribestar or something like that, I wouldn't need to worry about it. But this is just the reality of it.
Rumble doesn't do that. It was difficult. Well, yeah, exactly. What was difficult for us when we were, when YouTube was our primary platform is something we would look at your content. All right, that's the title of this Rogan video. Um, this is the content. Okay, well we can try that, and then we would get demonetized, and it yeah. becomes like a weird algebra. You change this word, you mm -hmm. change that word. You have to order it. You have there's certain things you just you know that you can't say. Dead right, hundred percent right. I literally just uploaded a, uploaded a video about Jimmy Kimmel having a meltdown. And because I had two specific words in the title, um, it was getting suppressed. Now, it's not doing amazing, but it's doing normal. Um, and it's because I had to remove those two words. It was about a leak. You still get some money from, like, YouTube Red. Yeah. Right? You still get, but it was like, they were doing things. And, I mean, I, they're running a business. I understand it from their perspective. Of course. You know, they're running a business, they have advertisers. I understand it from their perspective. But from a content creation perspective, you just couldn't trust them. This is what uh, Rumble were fundamentally offered. They so, and also it's not about the money. It's really about the reach. Because once they ding your video, why would they promote it if they're not making any money? Remember, they take 55% of the advertising revenue. So why would they promote a video that YouTube's not making any money on? So that's why it's such a big deal to me. Yes, it's about the money, but I have people that join. I've, I've, I've been pushing the join, like having people join as members, and you guys have been doing it, or my Subscribestar, or my locals. And that's going to grow and grow and grow. But I still need the video to be seen. It, you know, and, and February was extraordinarily rough for the channel, and I, I'm just, I feel like they were changing some of the algorithm. You have to constantly be on top of it gave me a good deal and the assurance that we're not going to censor you. Now, obviously, coming from where I come from politically and in terms of my background, even as a person that's been in the public for a while, I'm like, I, I know how Rumble's being portrayed. It's being portrayed as a right wing, like, you know, far right mm -hmm. place, conspiracy theorist. Yeah, you and Glenn Greenwald, super yeah. far right. Yeah, like this married, <laughs> gay, Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> journalist. Tulsi Gabbard, super right wing. Yeah, like it's, it's nuts. It's nuts what people call it. It's just anything alternative to the censorship model they'll talk of as right wing. 100% correct. And it's interesting how the left just conceded free speech to the right, but they did. And, um, and, and ultimately, this is what you get. You know, Rumble continues to grow. Um, I, I'm still loyal to BitChute. I give BitChute every month, every month, uh, money every month, Odyssey month, every uh, money every month. I support their platforms. Rumble is probably our best alternative, but I mean, I'm not explicitly right-wing. My content is more like pop culture. Now that's maybe why it doesn't go as wild on YouTube, but I'm building, or on Rumble, but I'm building an audience there. And they're right, the media has portrayed Rumble as, I mean, even Community Notes is on here, I think. I think I put that on there. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, you know, look at that, we have 294 followers. We're getting views over here, you know, here's some, you know, 12 upvotes, you know, so this is a brand, this is 41 people, here's 203 people that watched our show on Rumble that wouldn't have seen it any other, you know, any other way. So, you know, I, I think um, they're right that the, the smear tactics of mainstream media is really about, hey, these people don't make their content creators fall in line. Spotify certainly took a lot of heat over some of Joe Rogan's comments and it's glad I'm glad to see that they kind of held fast on that but it's an important thing that's why I support alt tech that's why I don't care about 
you know, people say, this is why a lot of creators don't go there. They think, oh, I'm not going to make any money on Rumble or, and my viewers will go watch on Rumble and I won't make any money. I don't care because my viewers support me in other ways to buy my products. They, they, so it's just an old way of thinking that needs to go by the wayside. And last up today, devastating new Twitter files is the most enraging yet Elon Musk delivers again. Now, there was an interesting Twitter files that came out that was kind of combined with this federal spending uh, stuff that's going on, uh, $74 million a year being spent by the federal government to silence United States citizens. Of course, a direct violation of our First Amendment rights, but how they've used it, how they've used social media companies to exercise this censorious behavior has been revealed in a lot of these Twitter files. But in this latest one, we get some very, very interesting stuff. So I want to start with this article that came out today or yesterday, how the feds spent $74 million a year to try and censor Americans. Have you ever tweeted about Russia? You could be tarred as an unwitting proliferator of Russian narratives by the United States government scorekeepers. Do you support the French Yellow Vest anti-lockdown protests? Well, now you're Russian aligned, according to the United States government. Are you a Cuban immigrant to America? A federal contractor might try to get you banned on Twitter because you're a Hindu nationalist. Journalist Matt Taibbi is back with perhaps the most bizarre installment yet of the Twitter files. This is via the New York Post. Americans' freedom of speech is increasingly endangered by a vast federally funded disinformation industrial complex. The feds and their contractors are going even more on even more wild goose chases to suppress any views that the Washington establishment disapproves of. Now, this is an important video, and I hate that I have to put it out on a late Friday, but that's when the information came out, so please do share this out there. Taibbi reveals the devastating secret behind the sprawling complex of disinformation studies, labs at top universities, most experts know absolutely nothing at all. In 2016, President Barack Obama issued Executive Order 13721 to establish the Global Engagement Center, the GEC, to counter the messaging and diminish the influence of international terry organizations. GEC is based in the State Department, but also partners with the FBI, CIA, Department of Homeland Security, National Security Agency, and Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. What could possibly go wrong? Well, everything. Thanks to the GEC, Americans' information warfare mechanism turned inward against threats in its own population, Taibbi wrote. Disinformation became the most fashionable crusade. Disinformation is so perfidious that the GEC tries to keep its operations secret. The center has a budget of $74 million and reportedly gave to at least 39 different organizations whose names were all redacted in an Inspector General report. GEC funded a secret list of subcontractors to help pioneer an insidious and idiotic new form of blacklisting, as Taibbi puts it. There are foreign government Twitter accounts, the same as U.S. government secret accounts aided by Twitter, that are used for propaganda purposes. But GEC, whose motto is to, quote, be close enough for government work, relies on the carpet blasting vast numbers of Twitter targets in hopes of hitting bad guys. GEC has doubled their budget by aggressively overstating threats. 
through unverified accusations, according to a top Twitter official. GE sent Twitter a list of 5,500 names believed to be, quote, Chinese accounts engaged in state-backed coordinated manipulation. The list was so sloppy, it included multiple Western government accounts, at least three CNN employees based abroad. Twitter's trust and safety chief, Yul Roth, scoffed at the list in an internal message, saying, what a total crock. GEC alerted Twitter to almost 500 accounts as foreign disinformation on ludicrous grounds, such as users simply tweeting hashtag Iranians debate with Biden, including personal acquaintances of the post, the New York Post's op editor. In June 2021, a GEC contractor sent Twitter messages. Hi guys, attached you'll find around 40,000 Twitter accounts that our researchers suspect are engaging in inauthentic behavior and Hindu nationalism more broadly. But the list was full of hapless Americans with zero ties to India or its politics. Any Twitter accounts that posted opinions concurring with Russian government positions could be presumed to be Moscow controlled. One Twitter executive scorned the presumption that if you retweet a news source linked to Russia, like let's say RT.com, you become Russia linked. The GEC relies on guilt by intellectual association to justify suppressing vast numbers of Twitter accounts suspected to be part of foreign ecosystems with like no evidence whatsoever, by the way. This is such a huge report and it's so sad that so many people have like been burnt out by it. Like the United States government was violating its citizens first amendment rights simply through an end around of emailing Twitter and asking them to do it for them. A GC chart on pillars of Russia's disinformation asserts that weaponization of social media includes standing campaigns to undermine the faith in institutions or amplify the pro of uh, amplification of protests or civil discord. Such blanket categories could bust many, if not most, Biden critics. Thursday's Twitter files is not GEC's first drop jaw-dropping pitfall pratfall. Elon Musk declared that in 2020, GEC demanded suspension of 250,000 accounts, including journalists and Canadian officials. Many of the accounts were condemned because they suggested that the coup originated you know, where we all know it probably did, heresy at the time. Since then, the FBI and U.S. Department of Energy have concluded that that was actually the truth. GEC's efforts vivify how the federal censorship serves political convenience, not the truth. A former intelligence source groused, all the S we pulled in other countries since the Cold War, some morons decided to just bring it home. Twitter rebuffed many of GEC's requests to cancel accounts, but many innocent Americans were likely either silenced or tainted in the process. This information is often simply the lag of time between the pronouncement and the debunking of government falsehoods. Taibbi laments that the collective panic over disinformation defining this generation in much the same way that the Red Scare defined the culture of the 50s. The latest Twitter files is a fresh spur for Congress to take scorched earth approach to expose federal censorship regimes and that's exactly what and again you should follow Matt Taibbi but like that's exactly uh the problem you know that 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 is you know not every country has a first amendment but we know in this country we do and the issue 
is that our government was just contracting various agencies in order to infringe on those rights. You know, GEC's game, create an alarmist report, then send it to slower animals and journalism's herd and wait for reporters to bang on Twitter's door, demanding that to know why that this or that ecosystem hasn't been obliterated. Twitter's emails ooze frustration at queries, ugh, reads one. But all these federal agencies, now you kind of understand a little bit more about why Twitter was the way it was, is that they were hearing these, they were seeing these, um, you know, requests constantly from government agencies. And, and they probably felt like, wow, this is something that we should probably listen to. We got an email from the FBI. Twitter probably never thought that it would be in the position of trying to protect its customers' First Amendment rights, but now has now become an absolute requirement of any social media. This is absolute insanity. Millions of tax dollars spent to suppress American citizens' free speech. This is not okay. I hope, and I'll keep this video kind of short, so make sure you check out Matt Taibbi's thread. And if you haven't yet, make sure you click like on this video and you share it. And don't forget to check out, if you haven't yet, private internet access. Unlock all that sweet global content. Protect your computer and get a massive discount. Link in the description. And we'll talk to you again real soon.